Welcome to the Embodied Soul Podcast, Soulpreneur. This is a life and business space for you to raise your vibration and energetically connect to your dharma, your spiritual life purpose, so you can take aligned action to embody your uniqueness like never before. You are needed in your fullest expression. Hi everyone, so welcome to my second interview. I'm so happy to introduce Sarah Elliott, who's my dear friend. And we've kind of intermingled in our support of each other. Like sometimes Sarah will support me and and teach me things and then she'll come and be taught and supported. So we've really, I, I feel like we've been to woven um, our paths quite a lot from when we first met. So I first met Sarah for acupuncture. She keeps kept me stable for a very, very long time, kept my energy in check, kept my fire energy um, and nicely contained instead of burning myself out. And we just clicked. And I can remember way back then you saying to me, you need to write a book. And I said to you, no, you do. <laughs> and we were like, you do. And we both have. So um, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself. So the, the things I'd really love you to talk about is, um, yeah, your, your writing, how it's always been in your life. And one, because uh, I didn't know you could write at one stage, but then um, in a course that you did with me, and we'll talk about that later, you just kind of popped out into verse <laughs> and shared it with us all. And we were like, wow, that's beautiful. So um, I'd really love you to share that journey as well. So if we start right back at the beginning, I wonder if you could take us back to writing, how it's always been part of your dharma, really, your part of your way of being. And anything else you want to say about the about introducing yourself? Hi, thanks, Karen. It's lovely to be here with you. Um, and you're right about the way that we met. It's funny how things work out, isn't it? And they always say, oh, things happen for a reason. And there's a plan and there's synchronicity. And there are so many different examples of how we see that. And I think the way that we met was certainly that anyway. Um, so, yeah, me and my writing... Well, my um, kind of brand name is Writing for Light. And initially, when I was trying to think of a brand name, um, this Writing for Light just seemed to be the one. It seemed to encompass everything that I was writing for. So um, on like my first bio in Instagram, I would kind of used light as an acronym. So let's see if I can remember it, so the L was love, I was intuition, G was growth, H was either health or honesty, and T was truth, L-I-G-H-T, that's light, right? Okay, Um, and there's some of the things that I write for, Um, I haven't been writing for years and years and years, so it took me a really long time to embrace that identity of being a writer so I'd say I only started writing in 2021 since school Um, I remember really enjoying English when I was at secondary school and I remember writing a piece of um, work and my teacher writing oh you could earn money writing like this and I was like oh great and well that's kind of like where it stopped there was no encouragement and the kind of social environment wasn't there for me to go oh yeah do you know what I'm gonna see what I need to do to become a writer I'm gonna follow that path the careers advice wasn't there at all it was just like get a job basically 
Um, so I didn't go into writing. I think initially I thought, oh, I'll go into the sciences. And I thought, no, no, actually I'll become a teacher. So that's what I did. Went and got my degree, um, taught. I've always taught for like years and years and years. Um, and I've not gone back to writing. I think as a teenager, I wrote a couple of raps because I was really into hip hop and rap. So still got those in the loft somewhere. I read those the other day and had a good chuckle to myself. <laughs> That's podcast number two. <laughs> <Pats> out. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't go back to it because all the writing I did was for either for, for work or it was for like um, academic courses. So there was no joy, no love. It was just like obligation. You know, I had to write. It was it was a means to an end. Um, and I think a couple of times I was asked to write in one of the jobs I was doing, I was approached to do a book review on a couple of like educational books around um, equality. Um, so I did that and that ended up in a journal for, I think it was one of the teaching unions. So I did that and I thought, oh, I quite enjoyed doing that. And it was like, oh yeah, I can write, great. And then I kind of left it. And then on another job later on, I was asked to contribute to a toolkit to advise teachers about um, inclusion so I wrote that thought that was fun I enjoyed that and then that was kind of it and I've never thought I've never gone back to it and I remember it was the other day I read um, we had a record of achievement when we left secondary school and at the time it was like the first school to have this record of achievement all it was was like a bunch of reports and stuff that you wrote but in mine when we were asked to talk about what we wanted to do or be when we were older and I remember writing oh I want to go into sciences well I don't really but that sounds really good and you know mum couldn't brag about that um and then the other thing I'd put was about journalism or writing and I remember doing a work experience for a week on the topper newspaper which was like your local newspaper <laughs> in Nottingham <laughs> I did it for a week and I followed around a report and I got to write a little tiny article, but I was just like, mm, it's not really what I want to do. But I didn't know in terms of writing what else, like writing a book or anything like that. I was just, yeah, didn't even come into my kind of like awareness or consciousness at all. Cause it was just, I'd not seen anybody that who looked like me that had written a book. Nobody talked about that. Nobody in the family had done that. So it wasn't an option. So writing got put on pause I knew that I could write I knew I could that I could construct sentences and put them together um, and when I saw other people's kind of like writing you know like an email or a letter and I'm like oh my gosh what's this and I'm like okay I would have written it like that but okay and sure you went to school like I did so I'm not quite sure why what I would produce is different to what you would produce um, and I thought that that was because maybe they weren't so good or adept at writing. It never occurred to me that it was that I was good at writing. Um, so that took me a long time to kind of like realize. And it wasn't until uh, I started the medicine, medicine wheel with you, um, Karen. So the course that we did that really tapped into our connection with self, but also with everything. So looking at kind of dismantling those notions around separateness and getting back to that core of 
we are all one, you know, the science backs it up. Um, different spiritual practices, different religions touch on it as well. Um, yoga certainly, certainly does. It talks about that union as well. Um, so I think helping me to come back to self, and this was during the pandemic as well. So, you know, we all spent a lot of time indoors. That really helped. Um, the regular meetings with you as part of the course and the other ladies in the group as well. The regular um, journaling, meditations, journeying as well. It kind of provided me with a structure and gave me that time to think, okay, what is it that I want? So putting all those external expectations at bay and just focusing on me and really listening to that, really listening to that inner voice. Um, so that put me in kind of space or position to be more open and accepting. And I remember going for a walk because that's what you did when you were in lockdown. <laughs> you, went, you went for lots and lots of walks. Um, and I live quite near a little kind of like forest, just like a few minutes away from me. And I remember walking back from there and just, just walking up my garden path and looking across at the trees. And for some reason, they just caught my attention. And I remember just really looking at them and almost like, almost feeling them. And like, what are you trying to say to me? And I remember having that feeling and going into the house and kind of just getting on with whatever I was doing that day. And then... Um, Something just kind of said to me, oh, get your iPad and just press record. You're going to video something. So I kind of like did. I just went with it. And this poem came out about trees. <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? And I didn't have to sit and think about it or write it down. It, it literally just came out. It was just so easy. Um, and then I shared it to our Facebook group. Um, and people liked it and I was like oh okay and that happened a few times where I just get like the urge to press um, record on your phone or your iPad and a poem would come out and then eventually that kind of developed to not necessarily it just coming out verbally but it came right out when I was writing so I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be a poem and I'd have my notebook by the bed and I'd just write it and a lot of it was um, processing it was kind of churning bringing everything up to the surface so we could get it all clean again there's a lot of like murkiness under there and I think I'm not sure if at the time I was working with a therapist but it was during I know during the pandemic kind of era I did work with a therapist and I remember her saying to me that I've got a lot of unprocessed emotions and I, thought, I don't really know what you mean and my dad didn't show his emotions. So I kind of learned that behavior and my mom controlled her emotions. So I learned that as well. So everything's very contained. So you're not even aware that this is happening. Um, so I think through like the therapy and the course that I did with you and getting into the habit of journaling, what I found was that when I woke up in the morning, there will be a poem and it will be part of the processing of what I've kind of like been through and then I realized oh let me count how many I've got and there were quite a few and I thought hmm, maybe a book and then 
surprise, surprise, Karen, you told me about a course that you were doing, um, a bestseller masterclass course, wasn't it? Because I'd said to you, oh, Karen, you should write a book. And so I've, I kind of feel I've been a bit like partners in crime, really. Yeah. It feels like that. And yeah, I can remember, <clears throat> so to set the scene, the medicine wheel um, course, it's about working in a shamanic way with nature and, and source and really connecting in, as you describe it so beautifully with all that is. And when you came out with those poems, it was just breathtaking, actually. And I can remember saying to you, it's it's not just the words it's the way you say it and I said to you you really need to do spoken word Sarah because I could feel your emotions through the way through the way you were speaking and not everyone has that talent somebody you know some people talk really deadpan and that's how they talk but I could feel your emotion I could feel your connection with nature it was just so it was so beautiful and it's so lovely to hear that I think with our gifts, with our dharma, we don't always know that it's there because it's such a part of us. It wasn't until later in life that you thought, actually, I perhaps I'm quite a good writer because that's <laughs> rubbish writing <laughs> and I could write it better. But you don't always own those gifts if you're not called out for them, mm. or if they're not celebrating. We're about a similar age, aren't we? And I got into painting and writing recently, which I love doing at school. And there's no one ever said to me, oh, be an artist if you want to. I did law. It was always like, it's always dry. <laughs> like, yeah. never do this. And um, yeah, I just love the fact that it's always been there bubbling away and that your teacher said that all that time ago. I think it's it's truly magical. So, because, yeah, I'd like you to just speak about your spoken word, actually. How was that? Like, you performed on lots of stages now, haven't you? I mean, how amazing. And what I love is, like, you just wouldn't have ever dreamt that. You can't you can't um, think these things into being. Um, no. I also, as everyone on the podcast will know, I love human design and you're a generator. So you're designed to follow the breadcrumbs of your joy and just see where life takes you. So, yeah, how was the spoken word? And that, yeah, that was interesting because I remember the conversation. Um, so a lot of our initial conversations um, between me and Karen was Karen on the couch and me sticking needles in her, basically. <laughs> and I was coming up with stuff, oh, you should do this. And the other person going, no, you should do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, quite a lot of cheerleading going on. So it's interesting, actually, with the spoken word. So I remember you said you should do spoken word. And I was like, nah. Because you'd gone to a spoken word event with your daughter um, and you told me about that. I just thought, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not standing up in front of people. I don't want to share what I've written. I'm not ready to do that. It's, you know, more kind of personal. Um, and it's like, it's fine. You read my words in a book. That's fine. I'm not there. So I don't see your reaction. But spoken word's a different thing. And interestingly enough, it was another acupuncture client of mine that came and he was a spoken word art no no she was she she was a client and she was telling me that her cousin was a spoken word artist because she was saying oh I'm really tired I went to London last night with my cousin to watch him perform and she was going oh he'll be really into acupuncture so he started to come into acupuncture and he was telling me about spoken word and I thought okay let me go along to one because I've not actually ever been to one 
Um, so I went to watch him perform. I thought, oh, this was actually really good. Because I, in my head, I had the impression of it all being airy fairy, arty fart people just talking type thing and all kind of like sounding the same. Um, but yeah, it was very different. And um, then I went to another one with my best friend and it was like, it, because it was it was open mic, I was saying, oh, should I, should I do one? Because I've got tons of material. She was like, yeah, yeah. So I remember the first one, what you had to do was you wrote your name on a piece of paper and then put the names in the hat. So at the beginning of the night, I was enjoying the other performances. And then because I didn't know when I was going up, I was just getting more and more nervous. And it was a long night and I was the last person out of the hat. (laughs) I was thinking, I don't want to do it now. But I did it and it was fine. I did a couple of pieces and I enjoyed it. And then particularly like last spring, summer, um, I just went to lots of different events um, across Nottingham and just really have kind of gone from strength to strength. And, you know, there are a lot of people that you meet so you meet the same people at the different events and I know one that said um you know I've just seen your confidence grow and grow and grow and I do feel more confident now I feel like when I go onto the stage that I I own it more so I'm bringing more of myself and I think that's part of my growth and self-development so instead of going onto the stage and trying to perform or say something that I think that other people will approve of um I'm now just going on and going do you know what I'm just going to say this 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 is my poem here it is it lands how it lands you like it or you don't like it I'm not bothered but there might be one person who it really resonates with so you know I might might have wrote written this um poem for you and it's the same with my writing now as well um I started a blog on Substack and Medium and the first the first when I did, I was really happy with it. It was really about me and my journey. And then the following ones, I knew that I was just like, I need to write it in this way so I get more views. I need to do the headline this way so, you know, it's more clickbaity. But I wasn't happy with what I'd written. So I eventually thought I, it just needs to be me. So I know that if I'm writing or if I'm performing, as long as I'm just letting it flow and just giving myself permission to be me and have that acceptance then yeah it feels a lot better and because I'm like yeah I was me yeah I rocked it because I was me um I'm not so bothered about what other people think now occasionally I still get a little bit nervous just before I go on but I've noticed like the past few times I've just gone and go okay right okay here's my because I don't remember any of my poems I only know one off by heart um I just like, I read it off my phone and just performed it. And yeah, it's been great. I'm going to one tonight, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm working. I always work on, on the Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. And that that's a lot about what I teach about being ourselves and anything mm. else. It just it just doesn't resonate with other people the same way as when you're you. Yeah. And that comes with practice. And yeah, really what I hear is you're a truth speaker. And I can see that developing in the work that you're doing now. So I love that. And I love the fact you're going tonight as well, because that just popped into my head. <laughs> ask you about that. And one thing I want to just touch on, actually, in terms of Dharma, because I, I coach people to help them live their soul's purpose, is that 
I always say you don't have it doesn't have to be like your total vocation mm. and it isn't yours at the moment is it like you still you're still in your um, original educational role mm-hmm. you can do you can live your your dharma your life's purpose you can have that creative expression as well as our friend our mutual friend Claire calls it a muggle job <laughs> yes like, yeah normal job it's it's not all or nothing and I think sometimes we get caught up in that it's got to be all or nothing I can't do this because I do this and I you know we can so I just wanted to say that because I think it's beautiful that you've got that balance and I I, I I want to see if this is true I think when you do something that I know you love your other job as well but when you do something that you love that's creative that lights you up it just powers you up in every area of your life mm-hmm. do you find that because you seem to do so much like you're a powerhouse yeah you can I, talk yeah I know but so <laughs> you kind of match me I don't think there's many people that I'm like <laughs> that match me in terms of you think it you say it and then next time of course you've done it like it's, it's that kind of thing is it like yeah. when we catch up we're like everything's changed so but you are your powerhouse um so yeah, do you find that it gives you energy and that it fuels you, your writing? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's interesting because I was thinking about that this morning. Um, so I knew we were going to be talking about living your dharma. And I thought it's quite interesting what people would perceive that to be. So some people might think that it's okay. Um, say, for instance, my dharma is to sing type thing so I know I've lived my dharma when I'm singing and I'm earning money from it and everything's hunky-dory but it doesn't necessarily work like that like you said you're living your dharma doesn't mean that that ends up being your vocation for me it's more about um like you said it's the thing that lights you up and energizes you to do the other things and I know when we've had our coaching sessions one of the things that we've talked about is that maybe like your muggle job, as we like to call it, your regular nine to five. Because um, sometimes people might be resentful because they're like, oh, I've got to go and do this job when really I want to be doing this. But what we need to appreciate is having that kind of like gratitude that doing that muggle job enables me to then go and do that because it provides me with the funds or it provides me with the security. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be that becomes your whole life and it doesn't mean that for instance if you're a musician that if you're not like playing music 24 7 making music doing tours and stuff that that doesn't mean that you're not a musician you don't have to do this one thing all the time and there might be times when yeah writing is my passion but you know, I could go like a few days or a while without writing. And that doesn't mean that, oh, well, it's not your passion then because you haven't written today. It it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're not a writer because you're not writing a novel. You've not written 600 words towards a novel. It's, you know, it's, it's about what you feel it is. And yeah, it definitely fires you up. Cause I know we've talked about listening to like your sacral center. What does that kind of like tell you as well? So what I've, notice that I've been doing in the past and more recently is really taking note of that so if I'm doing something I'm like oh, I'm excited about this I'm, I'm really enjoying it this is great fun but you know acknowledging that it is fun and I can have more of that and you know it might be it's fun at that moment in time so it doesn't mean that like recently I, I 
sent you a message saying, look, I've just rediscovered knitting and I'm having great fun with it. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to knit forever. No. It doesn't mean that I'm going to pack in my job and start a knitting business and start knitting sweaters. I'm not even telling anybody because I don't want any requests or orders for jumpers and baby blankets. But right now I'm having fun knitting and that's fine. And then when I want to do something else, I will do. Um, but I think with the writing, that's definitely something that feels like it's going to stay with me. It's going to be something that I, I always do and I think now because I've accepted the kind of um almost title or identity of being a writer it's a lot easier so I read something the other day about um once you take once you take on like um, an identity what does that look like to live like that so if I identify as a writer um, my daily or weekly life might look like me doing some reading, looking for inspiration, writing every now and again. I, you know, I write in a journal quite often. I get inspiration from everywhere. Um, I can look out the window and get inspiration. Photos, films, songs, conversations, things people say. I very rarely need um, use poetry prompts. I don't need them. I can use a poetry prompt and write a poem from it, fine, but I don't lack for inspiration so yeah it does it does fire me up and it, it's a good job because when you're doing lots and lots of different things that's not only is it energy I'm putting energy into doing this and I'm putting energy into doing that you're using energy when you're switching from one thing to another um so you need to be living your passion so you get fired or you top up like your batteries um but you also need to build in rest as well Yes, we're both working on that, aren't we? <laughs> because we get so excited. I love that. And I love what you said about uh, that flow as well of um, energy, because I'm a writer as well. And I'm oh, just owning that. But I'll have periods where, I mean, of my books, I've got books of poetry that I've written, hundreds of poems, but they'll come in like the space of two months. They're nothing mm. for like six months. And then they'll come again. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just a flow. Um, but I know for you, it's more, it's more defined. So, yeah, it's beautiful that we we just let these things go. So I'm really excited to talk about where you're going with this. And this is a part of Dharma. Um, soul's expression is that we get to a certain stage, and then it's a bit like a mad rage. So you you've you've got your book published, which I want you to tell everyone about. And then at the top of the mountain range, so I've got this book, what does this future look like now? And there's so many different ways you can keep going and, and mountain peaks in this range. So before we go any further, what's your first book called? Oh, I got it right here. <laughs> so the first book is called um, Warrior Wisdom Son, Poems on Battle <laughs> Lessons and Liberation. Um so it's written in three parts. So the warrior part is kind of like the challenges that we go through in life. The wisdom bit is what we learn from that. And the sun is us coming out of it and kind of like what's next. So it's basically been kind of like my journey. And a lot of my initial um, poems were around that, you know, looking back in turn and reflecting on the challenges I've been through in the past. 
um, what emotions came up, how I felt about it and putting that into words. So really drawing it out and then what I learned from it and where I'm going to next. And I self-published this. So I did uh, Gabby Bernstein course. Yeah, yeah we did that. So yeah. And then I did the um, Tanya Markle 30 day publish your poem course. Um, and a lot of the technical things I learned from that were really helpful. Um, so with the Gary Bernstein, that was more about the vision of seeing your book and this is what it could possibly look like. Um, the Tanya Mark was more about how you're going to do it. Um, so I decided to use Amazon, um, Kindle Direct Publishing, KDP, but I had to learn how to do it and it took ages. <laughs> it was just like, okay, looking at YouTube videos, looking at the help pages. Um, and what I find is if I'm trying to find something that I really go through, I really dig, dig, dig. I, I will look beyond that first page of Google. You know, I will you know, try a different combination of terms to search in Google. I look for other places where I can find it just to get the information. So um, the easy bit was writing them. Yeah. Um, so I had a batch of poems. I need to pick which ones I wanted. And I thought, well, I need a few more. But I needed the kind of structure and discipline to sit down and, and do them and not rely on them popping into my head every morning. So I joined um, London Writers' Salon. They have a free writer's hour. Um, and you just sit and you write online with other writers. And that I got the last few of my poems out from that. Um, and then I remember one of the things that I really struggled with was like formatting it. And I was like, I can't do it. And I'd get so far, I'd be like, yeah, that looks great. And it's like, oh, there's one word on that page that looks rubbish. Oh, that doesn't look right. Oh, the spacing. Oh my goodness, there's another typo. And I almost gave up. I came so close. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I can't bother to do it now. <laughs> and Paul was like, no, no, just keep going. Just keep going. You've got this. You've got this. Um, and I, I remember thinking after I'd done it, I was thinking, okay, I'd bought... 10 ISBN numbers. So I thought I'm writing more than one book. It, it just made sense, financial sense to buy a batch of 10 rather than buy one or two. So I thought, well, I'll buy 10 and see what happens. And then I thought, okay, I'd like to write another book. But what I'd realized was that when I'd been on the spoken word circuit, there were so many amazing spoken word artists. I thought, this is great. I love coming to see you and watch you. But then I go home and I think, yeah, I really like what I heard, but I would like to have something tangible. So I'd like to go back and read it. Um, so read those words again, look at how you played with words and the messages coming through. And like hardly any of them have got anything published like anywhere. So I was like, oh, I need to do something about that. So um, I approached two spoken word artists, the one who originally introduced me to the open mic scene in Nottingham and then someone else I met on the scene as well. So I approached those two poets and also a friend of mine from uni, who I know has been writing and performing poetry for absolutely years. And I was like, how about getting together and writing an anthology? Um, so we were like, yeah. So we you know, went away, we wrote our poems, and we all came back together. And what I realized was when we were having our meetings, I was going, right, so now we need to do this, and I do that. And they go, well, what's that? What's that mean? And I was like, well, you don't, how come we don't know? And I thought, oh, because you haven't published a book, so you yeah. don't know. And I almost found myself almost slipping into like jargon as well. And then I was like, wow, I know so much now. <laughs> you do. Yeah. 
oh, I could help somebody else. And they don't have to go through all this pain of like 6,000 Google searches and trial and error because, you know, most of it's just there. And I think like my whole life I've been supporting, teaching children and adults because I've delivered training as well. My favorite part of the job that my muggle job that I do now is the coaching and mentoring. So I like to see people progress, but I like them to be empowered. So I want them to find the answers themselves with guidance so I thought about how I can pull all of my skills together um because years ago I did a life coaching course um but I didn't do anything with it there was you know I was teaching full-time there was I just couldn't find a way to do that so I thought I'll bring all that in and I'll put together a, a course um and I spoke to you about it um and I spoke to um, a couple other coaches as well um, and it started to kind of like with guidance from everyone it started to come together six-week course make it really specific um, it's going to be Amazon KDP because that's what I know but it's got like um, a definite start and a definite finish so you come with your manuscript you know what you've written we go through it um, over the course of six weeks and by the end you are clicking that button to publish and put your words out there. Because um, I think if I'd had the support of another person going through that process or the support of, a, you know, a peer group who are all doing the same thing, I find that so supportive, it would have been a lot, lot easier and I just didn't see anything else out there like that. So I thought, do it myself then. It's perfect. I, I'm so excited for you. And um, I'll put a link to a, an interview you did with me, actually, about writing and publishing, because that was the hardest thing and the mindset. So I can imagine in your course, you've got the support of your peers, because, you know, I talk about how it was the publishing that terrified me. Mm. I know if I'd had people going, it's OK, I feel like this, that would have been so supportive yeah. as well as that yeah um I'm the same as you I need to research I go in hard and I don't leave yeah. but I basically think why do I do this I'm headbutting the computer but I just can't leave it I'm like a dog with a bone I won't leave mm. it I know you're we're so similar like that but yeah to have that support would have been would have been beautiful and have that coaching space so I'm super excited so I'm going to be putting Sarah's links in um, the show notes. So it's not launched yet, but it's in progress. So mm -hmm. later this just, year. Yeah, later in the year. We say that it'll be out sooner. <laughs> I know Sarah. So watch this space, but you can sign up to her newsletter. I'll put it in the show notes. But before we wrap up, I wanted to talk about the power of coaching because I'm really super passionate. Obviously, I, I coach um as part of my work and I think um I don't think I always say I don't think we need coaches like we'll get to where we want eventually but I think for me a coach helps me see myself and see my potential and brainstorm ideas and it's kind of like I bounce off my coach and it sparks joy actually to feel that I'm not in it alone because as solopreneurs and writers you, you are kind of alone like mm. it's, your, it's your thing isn't it you're alone and and so I wanted to ask you what your experience of coaching has been. Has it made things happen quicker? Um, what, yeah, what's kind of your experience of having coaches been? I think I can sum it up in one word, clarity. Mm. That, that's what it brings for me. So sometimes when I'm like overthinking, 
so that I think there are two things with me uh not just two things there's loads more but the main yeah. two things are um the overthinking and not being able to come to a decision because there are so many um options um and then also the doubt that creeps in as well so that kind of imposter syndrome and am I doing the right thing will it work what happens if it doesn't work what if it's not perfect type thing so I think like with coaching the questions that are asked and the invitation to unpick it yourself does bring that clarity forward so um it helps you to see the actual truth as what what is happening so you remain curious coaching helps you to remain curious because you're asking you start to ask yourself the questions outside of the coaching sessions and you know that's how we grow and it helps to kind of distinguish what is your ego chatting away if it's, is it your ego chatting away or is it the actual reality and through those coaching conversations you kind of see okay that's just my ego and I don't have to follow that I was born with free will <laughs> um you know I've I've got choice in my life I don't have to follow the ego I don't have to follow what other people are doing um and then looking at okay well so what is actually happening what what is the truth so for instance if I launch a project or a program and it fails is the world going to end no am I going to lose a roof over my head no so all those little doubts that keep kind of creeping in and whispering away I can almost say okay yeah I hear you I know that you're trying to keep me safe I hear you and that's fine yeah you're welcome you're part of me that's fine but I'm gonna do this so that's the kind of like you know you can call it stubbornness or tenacity call it whatever you want but you know it, it's part of the free will that everybody is born with and we forget that we have it yeah I love that it's so beautiful and yeah you know, I'm not, I don't believe in fail. I've just got this thing where I don't believe in failure. I believe in trying things and getting feedback. Like, mm -hmm. you know, signs like, okay, I wasn't speaking to the right people. I wasn't getting in front of the right people. I maybe didn't position it. Right, how can I do this if it, if it still interests you? So I love that. What I love about you is I know that this, what you're going to do next is it's it's legacy for you because you're going to be enabling people to leave their legacy and it sends chills like it's mm, big yeah and it's powerful um so I don't know if you have the words do you have the words there's a few words I, I you shared with me I was like oh my goodness Sarah like that's beautiful do you have those words to share with us I do so these will be on my um website um so yeah so the website's coming soon writingforlight.com the next book is coming soon united oh. under one sun and yeah. what was the last thing the course is coming soon so there's a lot <laughs> that i'm juggling so it, it'll it'll all happen this year but um let's see these words because what i wanted what was really important for me is um some people have like a couple of ideas about what a writer looks like so sometimes you think of like the starving artist or you think about the entitled person thank you so like much for listening family, please like and subscribe and let anyone else know right, who would find this of interest like and help to them all, all the links are in the show notes uh, but below but i think because Sending people have that image in by... their minds they think that they're not a writer and their voice shouldn't be heard and i think it's really really important that people's voices are heard because then how unless we listen to other people how do we 
know about them? How do we address stereotypes? How do we remember that um, we are all connected? And it's going back to what we said at the beginning, there is this huge connection. So um, one of the things that's on my website is a myth. So writing for life basically is for marginalized, sidelined, ignored, and disempowered poets and storytellers. Writing for Light is your self-publishing champion. I advocate for the unheard and hold up a beacon for aspiring authors everywhere. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if if that sounds like you, (laughs) get in touch. (laughs) Yeah, get in touch with with Sarah because she she holds such beautiful space. But yeah, just, just the unheard, you know, the fact that some voices might have gone, might be unheard if they don't have you know a soul like you going look we've got this and you know we do need more diversity in every area of life but especially mm. here and you know in the interview we did I don't know when it was last week um it was really about the creatives are needed in this life the creatives are needed to bring these new ways of thinking into being we need mm. these new ways of thinking and being and it's so important yeah that we get the diversity there and and pe- you know everyone's got a story everyone's got a voice everybody's got a story I learned something from everybody I speak to and so we just need more and and really um I can remember my shamanic teacher saying to me Karen you're here to bring the old ways back so my dharma is shamanic work and all that goodness that I teach and I popped a book out but that isn't my dharma it just needed to pop, pop, pop the book out but in the shamanic ways of being and in all the ancient cultures it's a storytelling that's wisdom that's your embodied wisdom and life's experience has been passed down from generation to generation's legacy and I, I just think it's that's where life is mm. I was in fact I was, I was going to do a podcast on this but I'm going to share this now because I, I always think I'm, I ponder a lot I'm a big con- contemplator and I was thinking you know like I have all my content on Kajabi that I pay for every month the platform what's going to happen when that goes when I don't pay for it anymore, where's all that wisdom? And the the wisdom is the legacy staying with the people who've heard my stories and have heard yeah. the lessons. Yeah. And in the written word, that's legacy, and that is, that's exciting for me. So what you're doing, whether it works first time, which I'm sure it will, you'll find a way because it's part. It's you can see it's part of your dharma. It's part of your path that you're following. So I'm just super excited for you, and um, it's just so nice to see the call of your soul into into this just following it so thank you because it's not just for you or your your clients it's for us all we need the we need these voices so yeah that piece of writing I'm just like oh so powerful (laughs) so thank you on behalf of yeah the collective really (laughs) is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go is there anything that you've thought oh I wanted to say that or Um, I can end with a poem because you asked about that before okay so um I usually have like a go-to poem that I know off by heart but I'm going to read the poem that I talked about the first one that kind of just came from nowhere so the one about the trees I got it here so it's in the first book okay they call to me the trees High in the sky, the branches waving, calling to me, beckoning me near, to come and listen, 
to hear what they have to say. The messages that they have from their deep knowledge, knowledge that comes from the knowing of being here, being here for all time, for every time, everywhere. Their roots dig deep, deep down, connecting, connecting with everything. The trees, they know all. They beckon to me, the trees. They say, come, come and hear. Listen, listen to the messages and the rustle of the leaves and the sway of our branches. Listen to what we say. When you touch the rough bark of our trunk, the strength of our trunk that holds us steady, that holds the branches reaching towards the heavens, reaching towards and connecting the other realms, touching the clouds, the great sky, the trunk that connects to the roots again, reaching out, the trees, they envelop everything. They're here always. Will you listen? Thank you. It brings tears to my eyes. It's just mm -hmm. so beautiful. And yeah, I remember the time and I hope, well, everyone, I know everyone listening will be like, yes, it, I'm glad that Sarah did do spoken word. <laughs> the way you read it is beautiful and it's medicine in its own right. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being on my journey with me. And vice versa. I just love how, yeah, who knows? <laughs> What we and that's what I love about us because we just don't know I know and that isn't that the beauty of life you just you just don't know that's a lot know. of this I would never envision, envisioned any of this <laughs> so yeah no, what's it's it's amazing so thank you so much thank for beaming I always do mm. when I speak to you so I'll um put everything in the show notes and I'll put our other podcast well um interview that you did with me in as well so thank you Sarah thank you thank you so much for listening please like and subscribe and let anyone else know who would find this of interest and help to them all the links are in the show notes below sending love bye